Welcome into the Michael Wall Show. As always, I'm your host, Michael Wall. Hey, listen, we got a great guest joining us today, Richard Glickstein, if you say it correctly. He is a uh, just a wealth of information, wonderful guy. And uh, we're going to talk today a little bit about what is happening in the world. Russia, Ukraine, the impact, and the really the, the big picture about this. He's got some amazing insight in history you're not going to want to miss all today on the Michael Wall Show. All right, so Richard, thanks so much for uh, taking a few moments. We met yesterday. Uh, we were at a Bible study in Palm Beach, and I was like, wow, I was just so intrigued by your story. I got to have you on the show, and you, you made the effort to, to do this, and I want to thank you for that for our listeners. My pleasure. So Richard, if you do not know, I'm going to read it because it's a lot here. He, he saved me the 110-page bio. that we did from, There was another gentleman, but we were talking about that and joking, but I'm going to read it so I get it right. He was a pastor for 27 years, quite an interesting story there. But more importantly, it, what's, well, I think what's so important, this isn't more important, but he was in the process in addition of actually planting churches uh, in the former Soviet Union and New York City. In fact, he worked... In Russia, in particular, for nine years, lived in Moscow for three and a half years. He uh, was the president of the National Bible Association here in America, which is interesting, and also an advisor to the Trump White House. And now he finds himself really involved in uh, PTSD, the fight with that, as well as abortion and things like that. But a lot of great insight. And we were just kind of talking off air at Richard a little bit about the idea of what is actually happening. And here we are literally the day that we're airing this is the kind of the, the next day that we got the notification that Russia is invading Ukraine. And I think from the outset, a lot of people look at this and say, wow, you know, this is, this is devastating and it's tragic. And I think a lot of people may initially say, oh my gosh, what's going on with my pocketbook or my purse, right? But really there's a bigger underlying fabric here that may be potentially happening. And I wanted you to take a few minutes and just kind of unpack. You've had a lot of experience uh, not only in the Jewish culture, understanding you know how we think in a Western culture and, and, and historically, but then also from the perspective of Russia and living there. So let's talk about that a little bit. Well, thanks for having me on, uh, Michael. Uh, actually, um, my hope was, and I was wrong, hmm. that uh, Putin and the Russians would only try to take the two provinces that were, quote, broke away broken away provinces in the east, which is right on the border of Russia. But unfortunately, um, he has now invaded the entire country. And his statements of a few days ago are very concerning in that he said the worst thing that happened in the 20th century was the fall of the former Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. uh, this has terrible uh, possible repercussions for the future for the many former Soviet republics that were in the Soviet Union, because it seems at this point he has um, ambitions to reclaim those particular countries with those repercussions that um, are possible. Uh, we are looking at his ambitions expanding possibly in a military way. Mm -hmm. Now, if I then go back into my well of thinking uh, concerning what the Bible says about a country like Russia. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> In Ezekiel 38, it talks about a country from the far north going to Israel. And being Jewish, these things are very concerning to me, that they would come for a spoil with other 
nations with them, specifically nations from the Middle East, it points out. Uh, and if we do a genealogical re research in the Bible of the people that are mentioned in Ezekiel 38, there is some very good scholarship that says they founded Russia. Mm. And having lived in Russia for a number of years and working there for nine, uh, I used to take airplanes to Israel to help Jews from Russia make what we call Aliyah, return to the land. Mm. And in flying from Moscow to Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, uh, the plane goes due south. Mm. Mm -hmm. If you were to take and going north and using uh, just a laser that could go that far, from Jerusalem to Moscow, you'd almost dissect it due north. Wow. So it's very concerning to me in that uh, in the Bible, it talks about, and I'm not saying Russia is the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. We have types and antitypes in the Bible. Jesus was the antitype. We have types of Jesus in the Hebrew Scriptures. Moses was a type. So it says in the book of Revelation that the Antichrist will receive what's considered a death blow and that he will seem to miraculously come back to life. So mm. we have a demonic death burial and resurrection. Mm. The Soviet Union seems to have been destroyed in the 90s. Freedom was given to all the republics. Russia came under for a period of time what we in the West tried to call democracy. It was actually the first time that the Russians had voted in a thousand years of history, 1993. Wow. They, 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 I wasn't, wasn't aware of that. Yeah, they never voted before that election. Whatever that was, if we want to call it democracy, it probably was, some type. It's now changed a great deal. So my point is, my great concern is, of course, for the Ukrainian people, I've been there many times, very godly people. They gave birth to Christianity mm -hmm. a thousand years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the king of Ukraine, who was also the king of Russia, went to Constantinople, was converted to Christianity. So that's why Orthodox Christianity is in Ukraine and Russia. Um, and then they brought evangelical Christianity to Russia and Ukraine, and the Ukrainians brought Pentecostal hmm. Christianity, or spirit-filled Christianity as we call it today, also to the Ukraine and Russia. So they have a rich Christian history. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we could be seeing the beginning of a very dark period that may not last, uh, may last quite a while. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, we are, especially in, in our Western culture, in America, we'll call it, right? Um, we're in a place where we are so used to the hit the microwave button. If I don't get it in a minute, you know, we're, we're kind of frustrated and like, where's my stuff at? But this is, this is something that's been not only brewing, but, um, you know, underpinnings that, that have been happening for some time. And I think what you're saying here is, Biblically, we, we literally are looking at potentially some, some significant end-time prophecy um, happening kind of before our eyes. And I've, you know, I've always had the sentiment, Richard, for—or not always, uh, let me just say, in the last five to eight years, anyways, I felt a—and uh, we chatted about this yesterday during lunch—just a greater sense of, of just urgency. Uh, time is of the essence. You know, the importance for people to really understand truth and internalize truth and understand— you know, who is God, and what does this look like, and, and how does this affect my life, and all of these things. And so, 
I want to talk to people right now uh, and maybe share some sentiment for folks that are really uh, distressed. You know, in my, I wear several hats, as you do also, and as I wear other hats in some of our financial companies, part of our goal is to talk to people through their financial structure. And in America in particular, that can become, or that has become a lot of times the, the, the focal point of where we live, how many dollars are in our bank or our investments or our homes or whatever. And at the end of the day, those are fleeting. They can come and go. So I'd love to kind of get some thoughts from your perspective. Um, we, we, we really do believe that this is significant. We'll call it in biblical proportions of what's happening right now. But what is some sentiment that, that people should be thinking about as far as direction? Because they're going to get so many messages from the news media, from print, from social, from people's opinions, uh, uh, you know, all over the globe about what is happening today, what the president should and shouldn't do, what the Congress and Senate and, you know, all of the list goes on and on of what folks should do. But in this season, you know, as a pastor of, you know, 27 years and planting multiple churches, National Bible Association, what is your suggestion, say, quote unquote, to the flock? I think the most important thing is trust at this point. I know when I woke up this morning and realized uh, what the Russians were doing, uh, my my equilibrium, my uh, routines that give me uh, contentment, that give me peace, they began to become shaken. Mm. Scripture says, when the foundations of the earth are shaken, what will we do? The most important thing is, is to go back to the simple place of trusting God, getting alone with him, finding peace for today. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all the necessary things shall be added. Sufficient for the day is the evil in it. You do not have the capacity to worry about tomorrow. You only have the capacity of grace to worry about today. So how do you deal with it? You stand upon what God said. If you're standing upon what God said to save you, then stand upon what God said to keep you. So today you have the grace to say, God, I know you're gonna help me today and I can be at peace. Mm. We have to learn how to give him our burdens and take his. Mm -hmm. He said he'd share ours if we pick up his and focus on what he wants today, we'll have peace. Tomorrow, you'll have peace if you face it today with the same, that attitude, no matter what's happening in the world, whatever those things are. Now, it may seem like as you gauge within us, we are so miraculously put together mm. that we have these, quote, if you want to call them computers within us, that ascertain our abilities, our emotional state, our possibilities, our finances, and we're calculating all this and we, we're not even hardly aware of that. Mm -hmm. And we can conclude, I'm not gonna make it. Mm -hmm. But what we're not including in that is the supernatural presence of God and what he said to us. Trust is, or faith as we call it here in the West, trust is the act of believing what God said and trusting him about it. Not just believing with your head, but saying, okay, today, mm -hmm. I can do this today. Mm -hmm. If we take it that way, we'll make it. If we try to project, we're going to have struggle. And it, it reminds me of, uh, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the, the, the passage, but it reminds me of uh, the rich man in the Bible when he says, you know, my, 
my barns are full. I got to go basically, I'm paraphrasing, but build new barns here, you know? And, uh, you know, essentially it's like you full, you know, tonight your life will be, your number's up basically. It's time for you to go. And so all of this stuff that you have is, you know, for what, you know? And I, I think it's so important. I just want to touch on something there that you said, Richard, which is powerful. And listen, as you've been watching this show or listening to this show over the last couple of years, you know, one of the things that you've heard me say about especially controlling your mind, uh, reaping a harvest uh, from the seeds that you plant and all of these things, it's about the idea of getting alone. You hear me talk a lot about a white sheet of paper, the white pad, getting your, getting your white pad out and just getting, getting all the noise gone. And I think one of the things I heard you say, which I love, and it's so important, and we talk about it, right? We need to do this, but getting alone. And I got to tell you, and let me just encourage you that in this season, um, this is a time where you need to get alone with God. Maybe this is the first time ever, or maybe you start a process of, of doing this, but it's taking time out of your day to turn everything off. Maybe for you, it's taking a walk. Maybe it's finding a closet. Maybe it's putting earplugs in because you got 15 kids. I don't know what it is, but get alone to turn the noise off, have a, have a, uh, a scripture or two, uh, a promise from God that you can just chew on and digest. And, and as the word says, eat, so to speak, the word, right? And, and, and really say, this is, this is something that I'm going to believe in and understand. I do want to go back, Richard, and talk about, um, you talked about the idea of faith and trust. And you, you mentioned it there just a little bit. But off air, we talked a little bit more extensively about that. I think that's so important because you know, in our culture today, especially the Western culture, okay, I remember there was a missionary uh, one time, I'd heard the story of a good friend, he was actually a youth pastor at a church, I won't mention the name, but it was in Florida somewhere, <clears throat> and uh, this church had brought a missionary from somewhere, I don't know if it was China, but it was somewhere in, in that region over to speak about some of what God was doing there. And one of the responses that he had said to the pastor, now he didn't say this publicly to the church, but behind closed doors of the pastors, is he said, it, it just amazes me at the amount of stuff that the church in the Western culture is able to get done without the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the, the whole crew of pastors was taking, we're like, what do you, what? You know, what, we're a church, you know that, right? What's going on here? And he said, but yeah, you don't understand. He's like, if you guys want to build a building, all you have to do is have a fundraise day and have everybody come in and all of a sudden, maybe it takes you a year to raise the money instead of a day. But the, you have so much access to resource. Where we come from, we don't. If God doesn't do it, it doesn't happen. And so we have lacked, I think, unfortunately, over the course of years because of the plenty that we've lived in, Richard, in America, we've lacked the opportunity to learn how to trust, really trust. And I think that might be a season that we're moving into, and people are, I'm not sure if I can do this. So I want to take a minute and talk about that, and I'd love your thoughts for our listeners, because, you know, we hear, hear so many times people say, well, you just need to have faith, or you just need to pray, and then people say, well, we need to do more than just pray. Well, yes, we do need to act, no doubt about it, and work in partnership with God. But God is the resource, and He is the answer. So could you talk a little bit about that from your experience? Sure. Um, of course, these are very uh, fundamental questions uh, that we don't think enough about. Actually, we are, need to understand 
the simple things of our walk with God, the better we understand them, the more powerful our walk is. We use the word in the West, faith. Uh, this word, if you asked 10 Christians, define for me faith, I'm not sure more than two or three of them could actually say what faith is. I think we have made it a bit too complicated for people and made it too religious sounding, too mysterious. It's not mysterious. Mm. It's, not, it's not a religious term. The word means to trust, that you believe what God has said and you act on it. That's how you became a born-again Christian. Mm. You act on what the Bible says about Jesus, that he died for you and rose from the dead. When you put your trust in that truth, you then receive eternal life. On a daily basis, we are to believe what God said in his word and act on it, trust him about it. If it's about finances, he said, seek first the kingdom and all the necessary things shall be added. You trust him. That is, you're giving your tithes and you're living in a godly, humble way that God will provide for you. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes that's painful, but it's through that pain that your trust of him grows. Mm -hmm. The only way we grow is through pain, unfortunately. Now, of course, we can do the uh, things that we need to do, study the Word, memorize it, meditate on it, pray, fast, etc. But it is through that pain that growth comes, in trusting Him. And once we step into that pool, once we step in that river, the water will get deeper and deeper, and you can trust Him for bigger and bigger things. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, He that's faithful in little things mm -hmm. can be faithful in much. Right. So now is a period of time where people are... We're being shaken, even though it's far away. But think about the poor Ukrainians, how mm -hmm. they're being shaken. Mm -hmm. The good thing about the Ukrainians is they are godly people, many thousands, hundreds, millions possibly of them. They have 24-hour, seven-day-a-week prayer in many churches in Kiev. Wow. Already, they were probably responsible for what we call the Orange Revolution a number of years ago, where they got rid of a bad leader. Mm. But today, for us here in America, we have to learn about trust as believers, and take it one day at a time, and you'll see God move in your life. Do it, see what happens. Are there any scriptures that come to mind as you talk about that, um, that are that are kind of go-tos for you, that you kind of go back to? You know, my life verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not under your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your paths. And so I, what sticks out to me in that verse, there's a lot, but one one thing in particular to me is lean not unto your own understanding. And it is important for us to get wisdom. You know, Proverbs talks a lot about yes. wisdom. But is there a scripture that you... Okay, so to? I'm so weak, Michael, I've got a whole workout schedule in the morning spiritually. Okay. As soon as I wake up in the morning, I begin to think, first of all, I go through a number of scriptures about Jesus dying and rising from the dead and what, what that means in the scripture, according to me. So I, I praise him mm -hmm. for a period of time. Praise him then for his word. Your word is quick and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, et cetera, et cetera. Your word have I hidden in my heart oh. so that I might sin against you. I praise him for his word. I praise him then for the things that I already, he's already done for me. 
They're called Ebenezer's in the scripture. It says, hitherto by your help I've come. He told them to plant stones on the side of the Jordan River so they remember what he did. Mm-hmm. We forget what he's done and fear what we think is going to happen. That that's where the devil wants us to be. Mm-hmm. Forget what God did in the past, anxious about tomorrow. Mm. God wants us to remember about the past and trust him for tomorrow. So I thank him for everything. I go through a whole list of things of what he's already done for me, financially, emotionally, relationally, my children, my wife, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It takes quite a while. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's done a lot of things. Yeah. Do you know why I want to do that? Because I want that strength from yesterday to fight today's battles. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a, I'm being honest, I have a number of things in prayer that takes quite a while for me to get there. And if you don't remember them, write them all down. Mm -hmm. We're not thankful enough. Mm. We don't thank God for what he's done. And the devils, we play right into the devil's hands. So that when we face a difficulty today, we think we're all by ourselves here. Mm -hmm. I've got like, I got years worth of stuff. So when it comes, I go, okay. Yeah. I get into it. Look. We, we were, it's wonderful America started to learn about uh, working out and staying in shape. We don't do it spiritually. Yeah. So I do first thing in the morning. Before I physically exercise, I do spiritual exercise. Mm-hmm. I think that's good, and that's really good. And, and as you listen to this, again, whether you're listening via podcast and you're in your car, maybe you are literally on the treadmill working out. Uh, this is not a time to take notes <laughs> if you're on the treadmill. But I got to tell you, if you are not, press pause or listen or watch this later. Um, these are practically things that you need to write down. I, I remember it said once that, um, you know, if, if you, if you want to achieve goals and they're not written down, uh, they're just dreams, they're wishes, they're, they're ideas, they're not goals, they're not tangible. You don't have any plan of action to work towards them. And if you're in a place where you are constantly watching yourself, I, I love what Zig Ziglar used to say, people walking al- around in life, Richard, as a wondering generality instead of a meaningful specific, right? They're, a, they're in the washing machine, really in a place feeling like they have zero control of what's happening in their life. In a lot of ways, that's true. But when we understand that God is sovereign over it all, um, and even though we don't understand all of the details of his workings, we can understand the truth and live in the comfort of who he is and the provision that he has for us day in and day out. So make sure that as you're listening to this show and watching wherever you're coming to us at, uh, you are internalizing but then looking to apply. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's the application of knowledge. It's like the light switch. There might be The power is there, but until you flip the switch— the power is not released. You won't see the effect of the power. The effect of this information in your life and, and applying godly principles in your life comes through the application of what he's already told us, which is awesome. awesome. So, so let me ask you this. Let me just add a scripture please, to that to help yeah. people with that. Yeah. Paul said that I pray that you will know the surpassing no, how we say I can't quote a correctly okay. sorry but he said that that you will know the intimately the surpassing knowledge of christ which is beyond knowledge mm. so he says the word is epinosis which is the greek word for intimate knowledge so you can have intimate knowledge with god which passes gnosis just information mm. when you apply godly truth to your life it becomes epinosis it becomes we're 
it says of Jesus, the Word became flesh. Mm -hmm. If you apply the Word of God today, you are helping it become flesh in you. It becomes intimate knowledge. Mm. It's not just information. That's the danger of the Western church. Mm -hmm. We're information-oriented. Yes, there's a lot of great teachers out there in teaching, but if we don't apply it, it does. It only stays gnosis. Mm. It does not become epinosis. Mm. Yeah, and it, you know it's interesting, Richard, when we think about church. How often? Uh, I mean, here we are. You're getting a call on your phone, right? And it says spam, right? So, I mean, honestly, I mean, it's funny that that that's happening. But I say that in, with intention because here we are in a place where we are so. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many things coming at us all the time, and that's why that peace and that stillness. I heard once before, I'd love your thoughts on this. Uh, there was a revival group that we were, I kind of worked with, we sat on the board for a great group, Life Action. We talked about that yesterday with Nancy Lee DeMoss's ministry and things as well, uh, Revive Our Hearts. And there was a acronym that they often would use in interacting with people. You know, in the, in the process of this three to seven day journey when they would come into churches is they would um, the thesis or the the idea behind it was let's make space for God. Let's let God work, right? And um, and so they use this acronym called "from busy," which is being under Satan's yoke. And I never forgot that. And I thought, wow, that's that's impactful. So as people watch this and and, and they're listening to you, they've seen you know here's here's someone that has quote-unquote, taken some risks, right, in life, Richard. You've lived in Russia, you've gone here, you've planted churches, and I know all of those things haven't been easy. You've had to strengthen your faith in the Lord uh, during those seasons. What do you think um, the effect of just flat-out busyness in our lives, in a Western culture, the effect that that's had on us as people? Well, I think we pursue busyness because of emptiness. Mm. Um, We're we're afraid of the silence. Oh. We're afraid of what we're going to find, I think, predominantly. I think parents with children, that's a different issue. Small children, I mean, a mother at home with children is very difficult. I'm not speaking to that. Um, I'm speaking to people that are filling their days up with all kinds of things, and it's not wrong to have things to do, but I just think that busyness, sometimes we add to it. Um, I think there's a to some degree, there may be a struggle with uh, your self-image. That self-importance comes from, well, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media issues, I think, have to do with I'm liked. Mm. Am I liked enough? Do mm-hmm. I like me? I think we're afraid of the um, thing we're going to find inside. And look, we're all afraid of what we're going to find inside. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, that, I think part of our problem is we focus too much on the inside. And um, as we talked before, uh, biblical Christianity, biblical Judaism is based on action, Mm. following God, obeying his commandments, doing the things he leads you to do. We spend so much time in Western culture uh, introspectively, and we're taught be more introspective. I'm not sure that's accurate. Mm. I don't think that's right. Mm. I think I think the Bible says we're desperately wicked. Mm-hmm. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Mm-hmm. I accept that and move on. Yeah. I, I humble myself and repent when I do wrong, Yeah. but I'm not meditating on my belly button. I know what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whether you got an Audi or an Innie, now that's a whole nother conversation. We won't, we won't debate that, but it, it really is true. And, and, 
And you mentioned it yesterday. We're so internally focused as people that we've missed in a lot of ways the, you know, the great send, we'll call it, you know, I'm calling it, that's my, Michael's version, which is, a, you know, go out and reach the world, right? And, and make disciples and, and, and call people to the truth of who Christ is. And so um, I think you're right. Um, there's a, again, I, I'm a big zig guy because I, I kind of drank in, that's probably not even good English. I was always bad at English, by the way. <laughs> but he would always say that people are listening to the radio station WIIFM, what's in it for me? Right. And it really is true in a lot of ways. People are in a place where that's their focus. That's their thought of how do I take care of um, my daily bread? How do I take care of me today? How do I how do I better me and grow me and grow? And there's nothing wrong with being a good steward. You know, we have the story of the talents in the Bible and how, you know, you, you, you take uh, really good stewardship over what God's placed in your hands. But at the end of the day, if that is the only focus of growing and, and, and me, 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 then we're missing the ability to add value to others. I want to take just one last few minutes, if you don't mind, and transition, uh, because this is, this is going to be—it is, but it's going to be a hot topic right now um, as we move into the midterm elections. You know, here we sit 20, 2022 in, in uh, the end of February— um, and obviously politics has become the conversation of the day in many ways. I remember when it used to be, you know, when you had the news, it would be like the six o'clock or the seven o'clock news, right? Hour. <laughs> remember those days, Richard? You're like, okay, you got an hour of news. Now it's 24 hour news. And it's like, it's who's first, not who's truthful and who's right. Uh, just to the story. And how can we get as many likes or shares or whatever, as you said, socially. So as we're moving into this space, I love, um, I love you talked specifically now about the church that we've been in a place where we don't because we don't evangelize we politicize again I'm I'm kind of uh, phrasing that and and so what are your thoughts in relation to a healthy balance you know you're in a place where you've been a pastor you've planted churches you've assisted uh, uh, with the, with the Trump administration advisor to the White House and now involved in many fights that are that are affecting uh, veterans and military folks as well as uh, the unborn. What are your thoughts for, let's say, the general person or somebody feels like, I just want to get involved, obviously spouting off on social media and, and, and throwing a dart at everyone is just not the best way to do it. Um, it's okay to share your opinions and thoughts, but, but throwing darts at others. What are your thoughts of how people find their balance in life of you know, how involved they should get or not get? And before I, I ask that, I want to say my thought is I believe that we need to tend to the flock that God's placed in, in front of us initially and then watch and pay attention to that growth. But I'd love your perspective. Well, I mean, I think in a, in a macro sense, um, I, I've said it, so I'll own it. Um, I think that because the church in America— um, there are many places that evangelize, but overall, we're not reaching the lost in America. Statistically, mm. uh, from 2011-2021, 12 percent less people attend churches. Uh, since those 10 years, uh, we have 12 percent of the people saying that they are no longer—they can. They consider 12 percent more people from— 17% to 29% now say they're atheist or agnostic. Hmm. Uh, demonstratively, we are not reaching the lost. Jesus said it was powerful. When you preach the gospel, people will get saved. Hmm. He said the harvest is white. 
lift up your eyes. The harvest is wide. Pray that the Father would send forth laborers into the harvest. Why? Because the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that God's not calling us to do it? He said in Matthew 28, go into the world, preach the gospel, reach people. Yeah. It's our calling. Yeah. So obviously in America, we are not doing job number one as far as what he told us to do. Of course, we must worship him, serve him. But he said, go. We're not going. You don't have to go to Russia. You can go to your next door neighbor. Perfect example, yesterday we were having a late breakfast and there's the server. Yeah. And to me, it felt like an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I asked a couple of questions and the rest of you took over. Yeah. And here's a guy from Montenegro. Who's living here. Living here, and, and it's a wonderful, and we got a chair. It was amazing. And his name, almost, it's Merkel, but his name sounds like Miracle. Yeah. And so there, you guys started talking to him. Mm-hmm. Why isn't that happening in America? So why do I preface what I was going to say about politics? Mm. I think we have abandoned uh, evangelism, mm-hmm. not everywhere, mm-hmm. but it's, the data demonstrates that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, we are focusing on politics too much. I'm in politics. I eat, sleep, and drink it. Mm-hmm. I hope to serve in some ways in the next, not in 2022, but in the, uh, in the presidential election. But the point is, I think we're a bit out of balance. Mm-hmm. Let's reach the lost. Because those people on the other side of the aisle, one of the things I learned being in politics was that I know some godly people that are Democrats. I had a friend who was the finance director of the Republican National Party. I told him, I said, you know, Jack, there's going to be Democrats in heaven. He said, no, there's not. He said it jokingly. <laughs> but I know godly people on the other side of the aisle. Yeah. I know godly African-American pastors. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this boastfully, but I was the only white guy in a church of 3,000 at a conference of a very large black denomination where Jesse Jackson was speaking. Mm. Did I like what he said? Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> but they're my brothers. I got to figure out a way. Yeah. We may not, we, we're going to fight in a healthy way, clean mm-hmm. way for mm-hmm. what we believe mm-hmm. as far as politics. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're my brother and I'm going to love you. Mm-hmm. So I think we're out of balance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think at the end of the day, you know, if, if you've ever been in a place where you have uh, watched a washing machine, that had one of the feet just a quarter of an inch off you'll find that that drum right and that in that washing machine when it gets when it gets out of balance right what happens it shakes all over the place and you're like what is that noise it's crazy right and so um but when it's in balance it runs smooth and clean and like it was intended and so if you feel like there is chaos in the world today uh, first off little newsflash you're right there is uh, but it's because we're massively out of balance. It's because the church as a whole has not done their job. It's because we as believers, even though we are in professions, yes, right, to help and do and serve in many different capacities, we're in a place where we are not authentically living. I love what you said when you when you said, okay, I, listen, I wake up and I own it. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can own it or who can know it? And, and that's all of us. Just because somebody is a believer, you know, we, we sometimes, I think, hold too highly to the fact that here's somebody that's a pastor of this church or this or whatever. They're still people. We're human. We're flesh and blood and flawed. And so we have to realize that there's only one that we should be looking to. 
and it's not people per se it's it's christ himself and let then, me just add one thing about sharing. please please do um it's the 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 verse may not mean what it seems to mean but i've read a bunch of commentators on it and it may mean in titus it says be active in sharing your faith mm. so you may have a full understanding of who christ is so i think two things happen when you make the simple step just when you ask your neighbor or a person at work, how are you feeling? They say, not very good. Say, well, let me pray for you. Mm. Or you're talking to, so you find out someone's hurting. You talk to them about Jesus. Two things are going to happen, in my opinion. When you hear that person's story, you're going to, it's going to help you about your life. You realize, my gosh, look what she's struggling or he's struggling with. It, it, it makes you feel, wait a minute. Things aren't as bad as I think it is mm. for me. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I think Jesus reveals himself in a very unique way in sharing. When yesterday we were sharing the gospel with that guy, what did it make you feel like mm-hmm. on the inside? Mm-hmm. You start to, it's a, it is a very spiritual thing that happens yeah. when you do it. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's, we don't realize that the, it's it's the whole principle that you know uh, really in the scriptures Christ taught us about giving away, right? He that seeks to save his life shall lose it. Yeah. He that seeks to lose his life shall what? Yeah. Find it. Find now, it. you can't make that happen. Yeah. You can't be a a monk on a pole in the third century <laughs> sitting in a desert. It doesn't help. Right. right? <laughs> but if you do the things he says, yeah, you will find yourself in giving to others. Yeah. It's, it really is an amazing thing. And, and, and what you said there about understanding others' problems is so impactful. I, I remember, again, going back to the book field when I started selling, there was a guy, Sonny Cruz, short little bald guy, kind of pudgy. <laughs> He's like, hey, give me all your speeding tickets, Mike. I'll take care of it. All of a sudden, like eight years later, <laughs> I ended up having to pay all these late fees. He never took care of it. I'm like, Sonny, what are you doing to me, man? But one of the things that he did share, <laughs> this is in Tennessee, but one of the things that he did share, uh, which was funny, Richard, is or really it stuck with me, is he said, you're going to be out there knocking door to door, and you're going to have times <clears throat> where you struggle with the plum disease. Poor little old me, right? And, uh, but he said, what I want to challenge you to think about is this, and that is the mindset of, I felt sorry for myself because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. And so, so often we look at our, problems as problems. Oh, the Wi-Fi doesn't work, or I can't believe this, or oh, what? even if it's more severe, cancer, you know, all these things. But what you said is powerful. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the second to last word, Richard. I'd love you to share if there's anything on your mind through what we've talked about. We've talked a lot about it, you know, Russia, Ukraine, what's happening here, even from a biblical perspective, from a prophetic perspective, uh, all the way through to, you know, what faith really is, which is the idea of trust, so if you're, if you're um, just kind of skim through some of this, boy, go back and, and review some of this stuff. But if you were to leave, this is hard to do. I'm putting you on the spot here. But if you were to leave one or two kind of closing thoughts for people to just kind of mentally stew on in this season, what would you say? 37% of the church reads the Bible three or four times a week the rest of us read it once or twice a week or once or twice a month i say take a bible verse that you like memorize it meditating is taking it's it's the hebrew word for chewing the cud 
So memorize the verse, then bring it back up. Think about it. I challenge you to realize how powerful that's going to be in your life and make it your life's work one day at a time mm. to stay in his word. Because if you do, it'll transform your life. It says we are transformed from glory to glory, from image to image, as we look into the, his word. Mm. I love that. And David was called the man after God's own heart. Mm. And there's no one in the scripture that we know of that spent as much time in the word meditating on it as he did. Yeah. And as you're as you're saying these things, I'm I'm having the verse come to my mind of, of Romans twelve one and two, right? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by exactly what you're saying, the renewing of your mind. Yeah, the Greek word there, be no longer conformed, is the word for molds. Mm. So don't let the world put you in its mold through social media, yeah, through whatever other means, but be transformed, metamorphi. Metamorphi is, again, the act of a moth becoming a butterfly. So through the metamorphosis of meditating on his word, you are transformed. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, thanks for taking a few moments and uh, sharing with our listeners. Uh, I know it was impactful for me. I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Richard, thanks for taking a few moments and joining us. My pleasure. Hey, listen, um, this is a show that I know you're going to want to share uh, because people need to hear this. There's going to be so much noise out there, and you're already hearing the noise. You're already you're already already feeling the weight of the world, you know, on your shoulders in a lot of ways. And um, we need clear messages in our culture today. We need truth to be, you know, spoken, so to speak, from the from the hilltops. And I believe that this show, not just because we did it, but it was packed with truth nuggets and things that you can not only listen, but then the goal is to take from it and actually apply in, in bite-sized pieces. I think this will bring a lot of comfort to, to those that are out there worrying about what's happening with their life, not only financially, but maybe friends and family members or acquaintances or you know just folks that they may know around the world. So do me a favor. You got your cell phone. I don't have mine, so I'm going to steal Richard's. You got your cell phone. I can guarantee that on your cell phone, you have in a given day three or four or five at least or more, 10, 15, 20 or more folks that you're interacting with via text. Listen, share this show with them. Whether you, whether you just share the podcast, if that's where you're listening via Spotify or Google Play or Apple or wherever you listen, or share the video, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's from michaelwallshow.com. People need to hear truth. And sometimes a lot of people don't know what they want because they don't know what's available. And you have now become uh, in, in con confronted with or, you know, had the opportunity to hear what's available. So I want to challenge you to do that. Uh, as always, there's going to be a lot of great information that we post and share as you go to michaelwallshow.com. My desire, as you hear me say at the end of every show, is for you to live on purpose so you can live with purpose. Be intentional about your life. Allow this shaking that's happening in the world today to finally be a time where you say enough is enough i'm going to get serious about doing what's important to find truth and then live it out be blessed have a great one <laughs>